who will share her experience, strength, and hope as it relates to the topic of 12-step tools for healthy dating. Kim? Okay. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kim. I'm a sex and love addict. Hi, um, I volunteered for service quite a while back, and um, when they gave me my topic, I was a little freaked out because to me, recovery has always looked like anorexia. So having to meditate on 12 tools for healthy dating, I really had to meditate on it for a very long time. And Feel free to. <laughs> um, and I'm glad that I did. I'm really glad that I did. I'm always happy to do service. Uh, there's a there's a quote in the book, and I was trying to find the exact page number, but I couldn't find it in time for the meeting. But I maybe you remem- remember this quote from the book. Uh, I believe it's in the withdraw chapter, and it says, "How long do I have to stop acting out before I can start acting out again?" Mm. And <laughs> that's that's just really summed it up for me. Um, for me, it's definitely been more than a year. Um, but like I said, recovery from sex and love addiction I don't think should look like anorexia. So I meditated on the 12 tools and I tried to parallel them with the 12 steps kind of loosely but I think if you're familiar with the 12 steps you might notice the parallel between these tools and the steps. Uh, The first one of course, the first step is admitting powerlessness but to me in terms of healthy dating um, it definitely means hitting a bottom Uh, finding out what resources were available to me to improve on the situation. Um, Of course, I found the program, but I also have a therapist, and with my therapist, I developed a picture of what healthy dating looks like because a lot of my misery came from the fact that dating was really just reliving the abuse of my childhood, and I think uh, a lot... I I can't say a lot of people, but (laughs) I relate to that. Um... And then, of course, getting that healthy picture of what a healthy dating experience looks like and comparing and contrasting it to what I was experiencing. The second um, is just recognizing that when you compare and contrast, when I compared my contrast, when I, when I compared and contrasted my picture of what healthy dating looks like and my current painful situations, I recognize that whenever my behaviors, my values, whenever my values aren't in line with my behaviors, it's a spiritual deficit. Um, whenever I can't, whenever I leave my apartment thinking I'm going to put my values into play and then I come home after behaviors that don't match those values, I recognize that as a spiritual deficit. Um, it doesn't mean, uh, didn't, for me, the second step wasn't necessarily finding a particular religion or determining the sex of my higher power. Um, it was just recognizing that there's a spiritual deficit there. And that once I found that spiritual fulfillment, my values and my behavior would be in line. The third step um, was probably the most powerful step. Um, Of course, that's the faith-based step, uh, turning your will over to the higher power. And for me, that meant letting go of the outcome. So if I date somebody... for, For me, when I dated somebody, I always had the idea of like marriage in mind or or usually like a, some kind of sexual fantasy in mind. Um, the third step to me means, like I said, letting go of the outcome, which means not having those fantasies or pictures and then trying to force it to happen 
it was really just accepting everything as it happens, which was really difficult, um, and trusting that it would be a positive experience. It also meant accepting the person as they are. Um, this person's perfect. You know, I like the way they look, we have the chemistry. You know, I just wish they would stop sleeping around so we could, you know, get down to business and get married or something, you know. <laughs> and that's really kind of like the cart before the, before the horse. So, so more it's just accepting people as they are. And if they're not, you know, what I was looking for, just letting it go, letting them be as they are, not trying to change them. Mm. Yeah, a really important thing was giving God a chance in uh, in my dating situations, rather than, like I said, exerting my will over the relationship. It was very helpful to me. Um, of course, step four is like the inventory step in terms of my 12-step tool theory layered model. Um, it's just taking a brutally honest assessment of every dating situation. Um, I was on a date one time, where do you want to go? Oh, let's go back to your place. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and every prospective date, um, you know, what do you want to do? You want to go to the movies or something? Or um, what are you interested in? Um, you know, again, go back to your place or something. No. <laughs> just, um, it's, just, it's, a, it's a step in discernment. It's not really being judgmental. Um, try not to be judgmental of people, but I try to be discerning of the situations and discerning of the people. Are they... You know, taking just an honest, brutally honest assessment of the people in the situations that I intend to date. Um, by that time, I know what causes me pain. I know what I'm looking for in a relationship. And I also have the faith that God will provide for me so that if this situation isn't right, I'm patient and I have the patience and the faith to, you know, catch the next bus if it's not going to work out. Um, that relates to the third step, too. <coughs> I also like to take a mental assessment of I see a lot of people with children and they want to date and I always think I don't have kids um, but I know that I'm a very needy person and I know that I'm going to probably want more attention than a child is going to need so if someone has a child I, I just want to be careful that I'm not making a parent divide their time or demanding I don't want to demand time from someone who, who has children sometimes. I just want to be conscious of it at least. Um, step five, of course, admit it to God and to ourselves. For me, that's kind of like I ask myself if the relationship is existing in isolation. Um, when you introduce God and another human being and yourself, can I be myself around this person? ask myself, is this person being themselves around me? Um, what do my fellow human beings think of the situation? I usually like talk to my friends about it and that kind of thing. It's usually around the time, if, if it's a prospective date, I want to introduce them into my social circle and at that time I expect to be introduced into their social circle. Sometimes I date people and they don't want to introduce me to their friends, they don't want to introduce me to their family. And that usually leads to a painful situation for me. And I don't want to be in painful situations. So if I feel like it's time to be introduced to someone's family, or if I feel like I'm being kept in isolation, if the dating situation is only existing in isolation, I start to wonder about it. 
Um, step six has to do with character defects, and so does the sixth tool. Um, when you bring someone into social into your social circle, or when you when I bring someone into my social circle, or when I go into someone else's social circle, sometimes I feel myself falling into a role. Um, sometimes when I get into a new social circle, I feel myself taking on like a role of the slutty friend, <laughs> or the the cheater, or the party animal. I just feel myself falling into a role, and so that's why I think it's important that social settings are important to dating. Wow, I'm really starting to ramble here. <laughs> um, I dated this one person, and when I brought them into my social circle, they took on the role of drunk, <laughs> the boozer, the party animal, and I had no idea that this person drank. <laughs> and I was like, wow, <laughs> okay. And when they brought me into their social circle, I took on the role of the person that trolls. I was checking out his friends. I was checking out his boss. I was checking out his relatives. And I didn't realize that was a shock to me. You know, the whole time we'd been dating, it had just been one-on-one. -on -one. But when we got in the social, social situation, like I said, I took on that role. And um, that's why I think step five and getting out there relates to that. Step six kind of relates to uh, step five in that when you identify those roles, um, actually that was step six. I'm a little confused here. Once I've identified what roles I'm falling into or what roles my prospective dating partner mate is falling into, um, then I can ask myself, I can take my own inventory again and ask myself certain questions. What kind of people am I attracting? And um, do I need to be more tolerant or what kind of people, what am I attracted to? And what I found in my experience is that um, if I go into a room with a hundred people, I'll be attracted to the ACAs. The uh, we all know what ACA is. <laughs> Great, because I just based it out right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if I go to a party or something, I'll, I'll always be intrigued, and I'll ask my friend. I went to a Christmas party, and I was like, "Wow, you know who's that guy? He's the one for me." I'm like, "That guy is the biggest addict," you know. <laughs> and it was like, "Wow." Um, but you know, it just it's someone told me one time that their picker was broken their ability to pick was broken and I and I think that that's kind of my problem too so step seven I humbly ask God to remove my shortcomings and one of my shortcomings is um, like the roles that I take on when I'm in social situations sometimes it's the subconscious signals that I send out um, by my hair or the way I dress or the way I act or my mannerisms and things like that um, sometimes I just also have to sometimes I get dumped <laughs> And it's usually because I'm being too needy, too demanding, my expectations are off the chart, things like that. And those, so that's the time when I humbly ask God to remove my shortcomings. Um, eight, make a list of all persons we have harmed. Sometimes I have to ask myself if, the, if I'm harming the person that I'm dating, if I'm enabling them in any way, um, if I'm bringing them down, if... Um, if they're dissolving into me, I, I dated someone briefly who just, you know, sometimes would forsake their hobbies and be self-sacrificing. And I found that I needed that, you know, and 
when I took that kind of inventory, I realized I didn't want to do that to another person. The other thing is uh, for step nine, sometimes I would stay in relationships that were abusive because I believed in karma. And I thought that I was, you know, this person's kind of abusive. This person, um, I stayed in an abusive relationship because I had been abusive in the past and I thought I was getting what I deserved. Um, and that's just not right. So when I get in those situations, when someone starts harming me in a way that I've harmed others, the correct way to handle that, I believe, is not to stay in... It's not the other person's job to balance the universe, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> so someone started stalking me, basically. And I used to be a stalker, so I figured, you know, what comes around goes around. So I didn't go to the police or, or really try to make an effort to correct the situation because I used to be a stalker. But then I realized the right thing for me to do would be to call up the person I used to stalk, not really call them or mail them or something, or contact them in a way that wouldn't hurt them, and just apologize. You know, I, I realize now how terrifying that must have been, and I'm really sorry. You know, that's the correct way to handle that situation, not staying in a relationship that perpetuates abuse. Um, tenth is, of course, taking another inventory. And that's usually when I ask myself, how are arguments and disagreements being resolved? Um, what kind of activities are we engaging in? Like I said, just reviewing those other things. Eleventh is, of course, conscious contact. I always ask myself, where is God in the relationship? I ask myself, um, are we ready to re cement the bond and attach each other with either a ceremony of some kind or with sex or something? I always ask myself if the relationship is bringing me closer to God or further away from God. Um, sometimes if I meet somebody really cool and we start doing things, I'll stop going to church. I go to church and I'll stop going to church. And then I know that maybe the relationship, my priorities have changed. And of course, step 12 for me is always like a service-oriented step. Um, in terms of dating, I always ask myself, if, if I date this person, will it make the world a better place? And usually the answer is no, because you know by that time, <laughs> the cops are like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but you know, when I ask myself, will this relationship make the world a better place? That's what time I start thinking about getting tested or something, you know, and is this relationship, if it turns into something sexual, will it propagate disease and that kind of thing? Um, and that's pretty much it. I don't know if that was 20 minutes or not, but... 15? 15's close enough, I think. Okay. <laughs> this room's kind of warm. Anyway, I'm really glad to be here, and I really appreciate your time, and thank you for listening. Thank you, Thank you. Um, okay, from now until uh, I believe this uh, meeting is scheduled to end at 10:20, uh, and I guess maybe at that time we could take a uh, uh, group consciousness if we want to extend it. But uh, scheduled to end at 10:20, although we got started a little bit late. So from now until five minutes before the scheduled end of the meeting, this meeting is open to general sharing. Participants are asked to keep their shares on the topic. 
of, let me get the title right, 12 Step Tools for Healthy Dating. Um, and uh, keep it to a share of three minutes. We will use a timer. You will receive a visual or verbal cue when 30 seconds remain, at which point we request that you begin wrapping up your share. Who will volunteer to be timekeeper for this meeting? Thank you, Dennis. Okay, if you wish to share, you will need to come to the microphone. The recording will not be edited, so we request that anyone who wishes to share take a place in line behind other participants who are sharing. We request that there be no crosstalk at this meeting. Crosstalk is defined as commenting on or responding to another person's share or addressing another person at the meeting. However, you may comment on the speaker's share. Who would like to begin? There is it's a little teeny tiny thing. Yeah. Would I like to start? Hi, I'm Stephen, and I'm a sex addict and anorexic. Live two hours south of here. I've hardly done any dating in my entire life, but when I started, I actually learned. I, I met somebody in the program where I in my fellowship. And I had enough recovery aboard that as an anorexic, first of all, I could reach out and be learn to be emotionally open, which was a huge step for me. And second, I learned about my character defects through this. I like, Kim, I liked what you had to say, especially about how God can fit in the, the picture and the relationship and how we can use the test sort of as will this relationship make the world a better place? And I think I want to apply that in the future for my life. And the one that was successful for two years, we did have, I think, God sort of in the center in our midst. We both, I felt, have had our spiritual development and our growth sort of converging, dovetailing when we first met. And that wasn't until like four years into the program. And we hadn't met really formally until four years into it. So that was rather interesting, but I felt that our spiritual connection and our personal development was strong enough at that time that we really could enter in and be well connected, and it was slow, progressive, and wonderful. So that's all. Thank you. Hello, my name is Dennis, and I'm an anorexic sex and love addict. <laughs> One of the things that I pray for every morning is that uh, I surrender my, my uh, attraction to unavailable, inappropriate, unloving, unhealthy, and unreal women. And by that, I mean women who don't exist, <laughs> except in my head. And I found it very difficult to uh, accept people just as they are, to see them as they are, uh, if I can. And uh, when a relationship is ended, I will grieve for this person that wasn't the person I wanted her to be. And so one of the things that I'm learning is to uh, 
let that person be who they are, not to fantasize about what they might be, but to accept them as they are. And so um, the thing I would say is uh, look at that person as they are and love them as they are and accept them as they are. That ends my share. I'm Kathy, sex and love addict. Uh, Kim, thank you. Yeah, that was really um, so thoughtful. And it just really kind of confirms what I suspected is that I'm so far from dating <laughs> at this point. But I, just what your your first tool, you know, to picture in advance what a, what a healthy dating, you know, experience might look like. I mean, I, I haven't even come close to, to thinking about that. Um, I've been in the program just a year, and so I'm kind of thinking, you know, along these lines, but my higher power has been really good to me and hasn't sent me any temptations or, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it, I know that I'm not ready for this, but um, I wanted to thank you for providing some really solid tools that I can use, so I know that I have a lot of work to do, so thank you. My name is Scott, and I'm an anorexic sex, love, fantasy, and intrigue addict. Hi, Scott. And uh, thank you, Kim. That uh, had a lot of good, useful information in it. Um, There's a lot of the uh, stuff was about appropriate uh, partners and about appropriate actions of our own, and uh, that was really good information for me. I'm uh, I've also have had very few relationships in my life, and uh, I'm just starting after four years in program to start thinking about. Uh, uh, trying to do some dating. I've uh, done a little thinking along those lines before and when I've tried to approach people my uh, my abandonment and rejection issues have been so strong that they a lot of times will spin me out into uh, uh, behaviors like uh, getting back into my food addiction and stuff. I don't drink anymore or things like that so thankfully I don't go into things like that but uh, it really can affect my behavior. Um, and the other thing is that uh, um, I guess my codependency comes in, and, and if somebody responds to me, then I kind of don't worry too much about whether or not they're appropriate. And that's something that, for my own peace of mind, I'm really learning to take care of my, myself a lot, which was another thing I think that you brought up, which was, was a lot of self-care that you mentioned. And I'm learning to take care of my uh, spiritual sobriety uh, my emotional sobriety as I do this and it can be very challenging for somebody who hasn't done a lot of dating uh, to get into these situations so uh, uh, I'm grateful for the information that you presented tonight thanks My name is Pamela, sex, love, and fantasy addict. Kim, thank you very much. Um, you made a huge amount of key points for me, and I'm glad I wrote them down. Um, the dating in isolation only. I've been there. Several different relationships were in isolation. 
and on some occasions they never went any further. They were going to be kept in isolation, so you used to have to get out fast. Um, am I being myself around the person? Well, I've fallen into that trap so many times. I mean, I've uh, been what I thought they wanted me to be, so I would get the next date, you know, and I would put on a facade and I would pretend I was this particular type of a person. And I'm realizing, and it's really only lately I'm realizing that I need to be true to myself and just be me because the person is going to know the real me sooner anyway. And then probably, if it's not suitable, they're probably going to move on. Um, yeah. Uh, what kind am I attracting? Uh, for me, I don't always attract the right type. And... I in my old and older days I used to pre-recovery days I used to uh, you know meet someone and wouldn't really be my type or they were my type but not my type you know they were what I was attracted to but they weren't good for me um, harming the person you're dating I've done that I've harmed uh, harmed several people um, stayed with them because there was nothing better around at the time. Um, kept convincing myself well you know it's a nice person he's very stable he's all these good points and he'd really be ideal but I wouldn't be in love with him and I would just stay there and then hurt the person so um, that's it and thank you very much Hi I'm Anonymous for the sake of this tape and I've just been in the jacuzzi, so if I'm not dressed really well, sorry. Um, I loved, I loved what you had to say. Thank you so much. I haven't heard anything about dating where it's about yourself and God and doing the steps. Um, as an anorexic, um, some of my dating experiences have been either non-existent or if I find somebody that it's sort of working or I like, then. I'm afraid to leave it because of the anorexia and also I'm so busy trying to over um, guess what's going on with them, what's going on with me, that sometimes I make too many allowances and um, it was good for me to hear that sometimes you get dumped. That made me feel better because um, I do think it takes some recovery to be present and have worked this program a while and stay present long enough to get dumped rather than going into you know the avoidance or the acting out or doing something to be in control and one of the challenges for me is trying to be um, present when the other person starts their stuff and not buying into their reality but trying to work my program which would be to communicate and be honest and try to stay present until the end of it and um, sometimes I overshoot that or I don't do it very well or I start to get out and come back and then they've already gotten triggered by that but, you know, um, as an anorectic, and I didn't know I was anorectic when I came into this program several years ago, but I certainly found out, um, I, I think all attempts at dating are good ones in a way, even if it doesn't look like that. Thanks. I'm James J. I'm a um, sex and love addict. Hi, James. And, um, yeah, I'm really glad to be here. Thank you very much for your share, um, Kim. 
Um, it, I got a lot of um, tips and uh, cues to some of my behaviors and how I can um, start dating in a healthier way. Um, you know, as a um, anorexic, um, I didn't start dating until you know several years ago, and you know, I, I guess I thought that oh, here I am starting dating. That means I automatically know how to do it. <laughs> and I didn't. And um, you know, I um, had some experiences where you know I th I'm thinking back on it that uh, it really I would meet people and date them and really feel as if this was you know a great person and all their foibles and stuff that weren't compatible to me were just I wouldn't let myself see them and um, or I would convince myself that I could change them and so you know talking the part about you talking about like the cold brutality or the hard and fast truth whatever it is um, really uh, really helped me out and then um, also the the part of it that you know really st struck me is just the honesty or the you know instead of even when I started dating um, because I didn't know how to date all that well I was still using a lot of my old behaviors and I ended up saying things which were hurtful I'm not sure how much I mean I, I know they were hurtful now I don't know that that you know this person was hurt very much because I think she had her 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 process you know um, but I know that they were hurtful and that they would have hurt me if I had said them so um, uh, it's it's actually really triggering to me to hear also the, the speaker talk about the, the kissing part too because that's like you know what made me feel like well if I can just you know if we can get this far then you know then I'll you know because I really like this person and um, you know I said and so we, you know she, she you know I asked her you know do you you know is this something that you know you're comfortable with and you know she she said no and I said, well, it, geez, it's not like I'm trying to get you into bed or anything like that, you know. And that was what it really, she dumped me after that. And, um, <laughs> uh, um, so that's, you know, kind of why I wanted to get up and talk, just because um, it was, uh, it's it's still something that I'm going through in, in terms of really finding, so, uh, dating somebody that's compatible and trying to force my reality into the way I think it should be and into and, 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 and uh, that's what I need to come to when it comes to, to, to healthy dating is, is really kind of um, backing off. Thanks. My name is Steve from Sex High. Grateful to be in this meeting. Uh, I find for me about healthy dating, what I need to remember is what the three pertinent ideas say in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous is applied to what we're doing. It's that I'm a relationship addict and my life is unmanageable. And no human power could have relieved that addiction and God couldn't would if he were sought. Uh, so I can't date healthily by myself for me. That's just my experience. Um, the second thing I need to remember about dating is I need to be practice the principle behind the first step, which is honesty. And for me, when I'm honest, I have lots and lots of women friends and lots of male friends who I can go out with and just do things. And we're friends. We can go out and travel and do lots of things like that. But when I'm dating, that's a, that's a different situation if I'm honest with myself. And the honest part for me is that there's some implied idea there. Under some certain conditions, at some point in time, there is the potentiality for being sexual. Uh, it may be marriage. 
It may be commitment. It may be some type of boundary. But there is the potentiality for being sexual. So I have to be honest with myself. Is this a friend? Because my friends and I don't kiss. We don't have sex. And, you know, somebody I'm dating, we're going to have the potential for that. So I have to be honest. That that's really what, I'm, what part of my motive is, if I'm honest. Um, and so for me, I said, well, what boundaries do I need to date sexual, to, to be healthily sexual? And for me, there are a number of conditions. I'm, the first thing I look for in a healthy sexual partner is the capacity to express feelings and to hear my feelings without taking responsibility. So that we have the potential for being emotionally close. That's, for me, what I need the most to be healthily sexual. The second condition is the capacity to commit. That means you're with me and I'm with you. We don't date anybody else. We don't, we're not open to that. If somebody comes up, we don't put out rain checks. We close the door to everybody. So that I need to feel safe and you feel safe. So those are the two primary conditions. The third condition for me is that, um, uh, that you like to be sexual. I've been married to a sexual anorexic for five years, and there are people who, who, for whatever reason, I find particularly for child abuse, do not like to be sexual, and that does not work for me in a sexual relationship when someone doesn't like, like to be sexual. Um, those are three, and I can't remember what the fourth one is at the moment. Um, so those, those are the things that I need to, on a spiritual basis. And that sounds all really lofty and very healthy and noble and stuff like that, but then there are also some physical things that are important for me. Um, one thing is that I, I don't date anyone who's not very much younger or very much older than me. For me, maximum 10 years either way. Just developmentally, that doesn't work for me otherwise. It just doesn't. I've, I've done that and it just is not successful for me. Second thing is I don't date people who smoke. It just doesn't work for me. Uh, third thing for me, and this is about me and no one else, because I know myself at this point, is I'm a vegetarian. I'm an organic vegan, actually, which means I'm just a terrible person to go to dinner with. <laughs> and, and so I don't date anybody who's not vegetarian. It's, it's not nothing personal. It's just that you're not going to like me. I mean, if you like to go to dinner, we're going to eat three times a day, and you're not, not going to like me. You know, just, 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 so I just don't do that with you. Um, and the last thing, and this is, is so it's offensive a lot of times to people, is that I don't date anyone that's over 5'4". For me, because that's what feels right to me and my partners feel right. And like my women friends, oh, that's offensive. You need to look down at a woman. I said, no, 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 no. The average woman in America is 5'7". I said to my women friends who are 5'7", would you date a man who's 5'1"? They said, no. I said, well, I have, he I have height requirement too as a human, not as a divine spiritual person, but just as a human. Those are the conditions I find that are useful for me. Thanks. Hi. I'm anonymous for the tape, and I'm a sex and love addict, and I uh, am so, I have so much gratitude for the 12 steps, because without the 12 steps, there's no hope for me, and um, I'm just amazed at all the anorexia in this room, I, I just am, I'm always amazed at that much, because to me, a love addict is someone who can't stay out of a relationship. I mean, I know that's not true. I'm not saying that you don't belong here, but I'm just saying that's how I am. You know, I, it's hard for me to relate. But um, I'm very... Um, um, for the first time in my life, I've been three and a half years without a relationship, without even a date, and... God, that feels so good to me. I didn't think it was possible. And the, and the person who shared before me re reminded me that 
what I'm getting from my recovery is the freedom to be a human being. Because all the years I've been working the uh, working uh, the 12 steps in my life, I've tried to be lofty and spiritual, and I've used that as a way to control people. I've used that as a way to try to control me, and I've used that as a way to deny my needs and my boundaries and my limits. And at the same time, working the 12 steps has brought me a lot of recovery and growth also at this, you know. So and in my, um, I've, I've been divorced twice, and my second divorce ended three and a half years ago. And um, it ended because when the relationship started, I, I, I thought I had a lot of recovery. And... Um, but by the time, you know, the relationship got near its end, it started falling apart because I started being really honest with, this is what I need, this is not acceptable, this is not acceptable, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to take care of this anymore. And, and I, you know, I was doing it with a sponsor, and nothing was unreasonable, and nothing was. It just all was very me saying, I'm a human being, and this is the most I can handle, or I can't handle this, and the marriage fell apart, and it, devastated me because to me it was the first relationship I'd ever had that had God in the center of it where it was like yes God is saying this is making the world a better place this relationship Um, we both had kids and and it just was so many wonderful things about it and I was so it was a true burst of my bubble that work in the 12 steps doesn't guarantee that every relationship is going to last and and I was devastated because I had to learn that me being honest about who I am doesn't mean everyone no, doesn't mean that that's magically going to make everything work. So it, it just it, you know anyway. So my time is up. Thank you for letting me share. Hi, I'm Greg. I'm an anorexic and fantasy addict. Hi, Greg. Thank you, Kim. I wanted to come up and say a few words. Um, especially as anorexic, I used to push myself out of my comfort zone. But um, I really liked some of the things you said about bringing God into the relationship or how the relationship bringing it closer to God. And uh, I've always learned that a relationship has uh, a me, a you, and an us. And I never thought of, of introducing God into the us before tonight. So I really like that, that idea. And I really feel like uh, you know God is in each one of us. And so... Uh, God really is in the relationship if I just recognize him. And part of where I'm coming from for healthy dating is that a lot of what's driven me into this program and, and motivated me to keep going through the pain and, and going through this process is the fact that I'm going to get into a relationship someday, that I'm going to make it, and I'm going to have this healthy relationship. And I've been sort of trying to reach out there and feel what I had inside me I've heard someone call uh, God slides whole. And I could not find an, enough women or enough partners to fill that God slides hole that only God could fill. And I guess what I'm finding myself doing is really reversing the flow in my life because I've been always seeking outside myself what really is right inside me that I can receive, you know, through the first three steps that. I can't, he can't, let him. And so for the first time in my life, I've actually experienced some freedom because I'm not, to this day, I feel 
truthfully, honestly seeking someone that I'm really happy with where I am, pretty contented with the, the life that I have now, and I'm very great, grateful to my higher power for, for where I am today. And uh, I feel like for me to reach out and start creating this healthy relationship is that it's going to come from me as I learn to give myself what I need, as I learn to accept and love myself, basically date myself, um, date my higher power, I guess, you know, spend time together, that eventually that circle is just going to widen, it's going to grow, and this, this love that I have inside me, it's, it's going to attract the, the available person that I've, I've always found very difficult to find because I've always attracted unavailable women, or I've always been attracted to unavailable women. And so it's always been a challenge for me to, to establish a relationship. And another thing I want to say about the, the unavailability is, is that I used to look at the peop- my picker was broken. I like when you said that I had a broken picker and I would always pick the, the most unavailable partner person in the room to be you know, to seek as a partner. And I realized that someone changed the flow again for me and said, well, what or how available am I? for relationship and when I started to ask myself that question what does availability look like how available am I it really changed the process for me it was really transformative so those are some things that have been helping me thank you it is now technically time to end the meeting however we started about 15 minutes later so are there still people who wish to share Um, would people like to extend the meeting another 10 minutes or so? Sure. Sure. Okay. Can we have? Can we have? Sure. Group conscious. Looks like a majority. Thank you. I'm Lisa Saxon, Love Addict. Without the 12 steps, I don't know anything about dating. <laughs> um, being a love addict um, in my relationships, I didn't know anything about dating before being in SLAA. I just knew about jumping into a relationship. Um, so I spent uh, two and a half years in program working the steps, and um, it helped teach me a lot about dating. When I started um, about four months ago, I went over with my sponsor things that were acceptable to me in a relationship, things that were not acceptable. And in the past, in my love addiction, I always chose women who were unavailable or in an active addiction. Um, So a lot of um, what this process of dating has been for me is staying current with my sponsor, being honest, kind of doing like a fifth step with her, um, and just being able to see things, help me to see things exactly as they are, because um, I think a lot of my addiction is not seeing things as they are, but how I want them to be. Um, but I think... Um, a step that comes to mind as I've been dating um, has been the third step in being able to surrender because in my love addiction I always wanted to control the outcome and I wanted my partner to be who I wanted her to be 
and um, so a lot of it is constantly just being vigilant, turning things over, asking God for help, and um, staying current, you know, with people in my meetings, my friends, my sponsor, and um, also making amends when I feel like um, like I've hurt hurt someone. But um, if I don't have the 12 steps, I can't do dating and be in a relationship. Thanks. I'm going to get up even though I feel like I don't deserve to because I was late, so I apologize for being late. Um, and feeling like I don't deserve is a big part of my uh, my story. And um, and I, I had looked at the format for this meeting earlier and thought it was really good. You know, like it talked about um, healthy dating and um, how our childhood wounds affect how we relate to people. And, um, you know, I know that for a long time. Um, but I find that, you know, even though I know about my childhood wounds, I still have a hard time looking at it, and I still want to minimize it. And um, and I find that not wanting to completely deal with it, even though I've dealt with it to a lot, big degree, um, there's still a lot more. And, um, you know, just looking at what happened and examining it for forever, it, you know, it's like staying in the problem instead of into the solution. And... Um, I just recently ended what I thought was a healthy relationship, or the most, he not a healthy relationship, but the most healthiest relationship I ever had with someone who um, never had a relationship in his life because of how anorexic he was. And, uh, you know, I went on this big joyride in my head about, you know, uh, you know, I must be so special because he's, he's getting involved with me and he never got involved with anybody else. And, uh, you know, it's amazing what our disease can tell us. Um, the truth is he had nothing to give. He's all completely self-centered. He's very anorexic and very self-involved um, to a degree where, you know, nobody comes near him. And the only reason of all the people he ever met that he could have a relationship with me is because I so don't, you know, he's so safe because I so don't need anything and I so don't want to, I'm so self-reliant, you know. And, uh, you know, I spent the past four years on and off, you know, with him, breaking up with him, getting back with him. And um, it is still the healthiest relationship I ever had. I, I never acted out. Um, I never got, you know, really triggered, not at least not to any kind of degree like I've ever had before. Um, I spoke my truth. I heard him. I heard his truth. Um but my childhood wounds are deep, and um, it really allowed me to keep returning to painful, destructive. It's not really destructive, but it was a painful relationship because whenever it came time for him to give, he would pull away. And um, and I just had this mission to show him, you know, like you know, I still love you anyway. It's okay, you know. And, uh, how long is that? You know, how long can I keep doing that? And I need to stop. You know, just halt, stop done. I need to make it done. And I don't have to hate him. That's why I thought I had to stop loving him to break up with him, and I don't. I just need to stop being with him. So um, somebody wise in the program told me 
it's okay. You can miss them. You can still let them go. I was like, wow, what a concept. <laughs> so I'm going to try to do that. I don't have to hate them. He didn't have to destroy my life from, you know, like past things. Have, you know, I could just say, you know what? We learned all we can from each other and we're done. So pray for us both. Thank you. Okay, thank you all for your participation. If you didn't get a chance to share, please stay after the meeting and talk to somebody else. Um, like to uh, thank Kim. And thank everybody for sharing. Um, are there any SLA related?